ورحمه الله وبركاته اهلا وسهلا بيكم في اول حلقه من الابيسود بتاعت ميت اكسبرت ان شاء الله تكون مع استاذنا الاستاذ الدكتور عبد الفتاح الاصفر استاذ امراض القلب والاوعيه الدمويه واستشاري مرضى القصور القلبي وزراعه القلب وزميل جامعه تورنتو بكندا استاذنا الدكتور عبد الفتاح متشرف جدا ان حضرتك معانا النهارده وان شاء الله تكون بدايه موفقه ونستفيد من حضرتك كلنا وكل شبابنا هنا يستفيدوا من حضرتك اهلا وسهلا بحضرتك شكرا ثانك يو فيري ماتش اسامه ثانك يو فيري ماتش اتس ماي بليجر دكتور عبد الفتاح اتس اور بليجر اولسو وي ار فيري هابي يعني هافينج يو ويز اس توداي وي ار جوينج تو ديسكاس ذا اس جي ال تي 2 انهبيتورز which one of the uh, uh, um, very important drug in the field of cardiology, especially uh, this year. Uh, we will discuss the subject in a simple way that can suit uh, every young uh, cardiologist. And we would start by the uh, uh, the theory behind the SGLT2 inhibitor, Dr. Fattah. What do you think uh, uh, give this drug this uh, such um, uh, importance uh, today? Yeah. Uh, regarding SGLT2 inhibitors, these, these are the uh, fantastic medications today and the uh, um, highly effective medication today in the treatment of heart failure. Uh, regarding the mechanism of action of this medication, there are something that we know very well and there are something that is theoretical about the, uh, the mechanism of action. What we are sure about is that these medications are Uh, glucosidic drugs they, they potentiate the excretion the excretion of glucose in the urine by inhibiting the SGLT2 receptors uh, in the proximal tubules of the kidney so uh, they promote diuresis by promoting glucose excretion and also they promote uh, uh, sodium excretion as well not only glucose but sodium as well by inhibiting another uh, uh, mechanism which are which is the uh, uh, sodium hydrogen exchange uh, type 3 uh, mechanism as well. This uh, isoform or these receptors in the proximal tubules uh, 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 keep sodium in the body. If we block this NHE, it's called the NHE uh, type 3 in the kidney, uh, they promote also diuresis by uh, promoting the sodium excretion. See both. They both execrete sodium and execrete glucose in the urine. This is what we are sure about. There are many theories also surrounding the mechanism of action that these medications also uh, uh, increase the uric acid execution as well. So they decrease uric acid in the blood as well. Also, we found that these medications might also potentiate the erythropoietin action. So they might induce uh, hemofiltration as well as in, in, uh, improving erythropoietin secretion. So they might increase the hematocrit, might increase the hemoglobin, which may also uh, help the mechanism of action for heart failure. Also, we found that these medications also might have anti-inflammatory effect. Also, these medications also there are theories, animal theories and animal experiment that they block the sodium uh, glucose exchange as a form of type 1 in the heart. And this helps to uh, prevent fibrosis and prevent the stiffness of the heart as well. So it's a, it's a, it's a multiple mechanism of action surrounding the, uh, uh, the action of these uh, fantastic, I can say fantastic medications. 
Okay, so it's not just the diuresis effect of such a group of drugs, not only the diuresis effect, it has uh, many other uh, action that uh, can uh, protect and uh, prevent further events. Yes, exactly. Very difficult to explain all this beneficial effect by only uh, glucosonic effect. Okay, uh, so uh, regarding the safety of such a group of patients, uh, of drugs, do you think it's uh, safe to use uh, such a fantastic medication as you describe them, in especially in frail uh, elderly patients suffering from heart failure? Simple answer, it's a very safe medication. They are very safe drugs. The, the most of the landmark studies uh, in the field, either in diabetes or in heart failure, the side effect profile was very comparable to placebo. But in uh, but we should be, we, we, there are some tips and tricks which surround the use of these medications. 100% uh, of these medications will increase the incidence of UTIs and genital infections because simply they increase the glucose in the urine and this will be a need for promoting the infection. And most of the trials uh, in diabetes and heart failure, there was signal toward this increase the incidence of UTIs and genital infections if compared to placebo. But most of these infections were uh, not, 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 not clinically significant. They were mild to moderate infections, which did not translate to stopping to discontinuation of the, uh, of the medication. So uh, you should be uh, very selective in very high risk patient for developing infections like um, a very elderly patient, when I say very elderly, I mean, if you, if you are going by age, then I'm, I'm speaking about those who are above 80s or even 85. If you are going by frailty and uh, uh, independency, uh, I can see people who are uh, women who are bedridden, poor hygiene. Uh, those are the people who you might be uh, scared by using this medication to avoid the severe genital tract infection. Severe genital infections, especially gangrene, genital gangrene, which you call it for near gangrene, is very, very rare. And we, it's it, it just this record is in the literature, and uh, it's very uh, immunocompromised, uh, bedridden, poor hygiene, elderly, female. So you you can be very selective uh, in individualizing this medication for use in those categories of patient only. Otherwise, otherwise, in terms of infection, uh, genital and urinary tract infection. The medications are, uh, I can say, are safe, not only safe, but very safe in terms of numbers okay. uh, in all the trials. If you are, if you are asking me but, about other safety profile, I can speak about other safety profile. Yes, please, if, uh, if we can. Uh, yeah, the kidney function, mm. who are, uh, the, this medication are the, mo the, the, the second beneficial effect uh, after uh, improving the heart failure uh, uh, events is the renal protection. These medications are very effective in terms of renal protection. They, they decrease the decline in the AGFR in diabetic patient, in non-diabetic patient, in heart failure patients, and in patients with okay. chronic kidney disease. Even okay. patients who have already chronic kidney disease uh, those patients, if the if we use SGLT2 in them, we decrease the likelihood to have end disease, the likelihood of dialysis, the likelihood of death.
from 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 kidney problems and the likelihood of cardiovascular problems in those patients uh, okay. chronic kidney disease. But the tips and tricks of this patient, the EGFR, what the lowest limit of EGFR that I can use this medication safely. Actually, most of the trials now you can re you can use them down to 20, 20 uh, okay. EGFR, and even you you can continue using it. Uh, down to 50 to down to 15 so even if okay. you go below 15 you can stop but if, if even if you are expert if you are expert in using them you can stop them only if the patient enter in dialysis so okay. the the lower limit of use can be 20 or maximum 25 in some in some in some literature so uh, this is regarding the kidney uh, safety endpoints regarding the other end, the other safety issues like um, like fractures, like uh, amputations. Um, in heart failure trials, we didn't face any problem with this uh, side effects. Only telagliflozin in diabetic uh, studies, they have some reports about fractures, osteoporosis, and, uh, uh, and amputations for peripheral arterial disease. This is very, very rare uh, reports uh, in HTG2 in general. And if they are present, they are with telagliflozin, not with uh, impaglifluzin or tapaglifluzin, which you are using in heart failure. Okay, but regarding the end stage uh, renal disease, we are not. We know that there is ongoing trial about the use in the uh, end stage uh, renal disease patient on dialysis. Uh, uh, before the, uh, the these uh, trials, uh, in your experience, do you we can use such a group of drugs in patient on dialysis? I didn't use them, and they still are waiting for that. But our recommendation clearly today, uh, in my practice general, I don't use them if the AGF, I didn't start them, I didn't, I don't start them if the AGF are below 20. Uh, and I didn't, okay. I don't stop them uh, till the AGF are comes, comes down below 15. So still okay. I am, I don't use them if the AGF are came down below 15. But the and, most and important message that I want, I want to convey don't panic if there is some dipping in the EGFR and the creatinine after the initiation of this medications. Just to be, 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 be patient, the, the, uh, it will re-pick again and they will improve in the coming few weeks to few months. So don't panic. Okay. Like, like always we see for ACE and ARB, when you use ACE and ARB in, in, in heart failure patients, you might have some decline in the EGFR. I can accept up to 30% decline, 40% decline. And, and if the patient is well monitored, and I'm seeing him frequently, even I can accept up to 50% decline if I am following the patient particularly. So don't, don't, don't rush and stop the medications once you see uh, some dipping in the creatinine or the decline in the EGFR. Okay, and regarding the the uh, the follow up, uh, um, uh, the intervals of uh, following up uh, the creatinine or the GFR uh, in patient with, uh, on such group of uh, drugs, uh, do you uh, in your experience? You do you clearly, I can tell you clearly, you don't need to give special monitoring appointments for this per se. If you are up titrating the medicine of heart failure, you give the follow up and the monitoring according to your schedule for up titration. You don't okay. need to have a special uh, affair of seeing the patient after one week, after two weeks, after three weeks. This this, medica this medication don't work like this. 
Just in okay. real time, don't worry. But if you are seeing the patient frequently for other medication titration, this is a different story. Because the beauty of this medication is that they are very simple in titration. They are only single dose. You stock them and you don't need to increase the doses. It's 10 milligram dapagliflozin, 10 milligram empagliflozin. This is the approved uh, effective dose in heart failure therapy. So start them and look to monitor other medications like uh, like uh, sacubitril valsartan, like ACRP, like beta blocker, which need uh, frequent monitoring because of the of, of the of the multiple step uh, titration process with these medications. Okay, uh, I, I would like to to go back for the urinary tract infection. Uh, would you recommend uh, doing a routine urine analysis for uh, checking up the even a subclinical uh, urinary tract infection? No, or just no, by no, the symptomatology no, of the patient. No at all regarding routine screening for UTI. If the patient okay. gets symptomatic by any way, uh, but gets symptomatic, has fever, has whatever any symptom or sign for UTI then you start treating this infection as any UTI, as any genital okay. infection. If it's candida, uh, which is common, you treat candida. If it's UTI, not a specific, you treat UTI. The majority of these infections will clear up uh, without discontinuation of the medication. If the patient is high risk, uh, immune compromised, very poor hygiene, then don't use the medication of those kind of patients. Okay. But in in, a regular, in our regular patient that we uh, we face every day, uh, even if the urinary tract infection occurred, you uh, insist on uh, also on continuing the drug. Treat the yeah, urinary you treat the infection. You treat okay. the infection and continue the medication. Because okay. risk the benefit ratio is clear. It's a very beneficial drug if you compare the risk. This medication mm. uh, decrease the mortality, decrease the heart failure, hospitalization, heart failure events. Uh, they improve the kidney. They have a magic effect on the kidney. They also okay. have uh, 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 um, decreased hyperglycemia to some extent. So they are additive to treatment of diabetes. There are also the decreased weight. They might uh, okay. tackle the metabolic syndrome. So there are many benefits uh, using these medications which cannot be compared at all to the risk. So you can't say, I, I will stop all these medications for the elderly. No, the elderly have a higher event rate, and so they will have benefits. Those who are having a higher event rate will have more benefits. Even we found in sub-analysis that patients who have more dipping of the creatinine, sorry, more dipping of the kidney function during the treatment with these medications have a major benefit in terms of in the point of heart failure. So I can tell you, the more dipping means the more benefit on the other side. So, so okay. deal with this medication in this concept. Don't, 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 don't rush on and stop and and deprive the patient of the benefits. Of course, you are okay. clinician. You should have great sense regarding the patient who might have complication of side effect, like like any other uh, heart failure or cardiac medication. Okay, and, and regarding the prevent the protection the, this group provide for uh, for the patient, would you recommend using the this group in uh, heart failure or, or the population of the heart failure that are a moderate probability for uh, heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, especially those who are obese or uh, have an atrial fibrillation? This medication are the first ever medication that showed 
benefits in terms of reducing the heart endpoints of cardiovascular deaths or heart fair and heart fair hospitalization in patients with heart failure. We have now very robust data from two big studies. The Federal uh, Reserve study for impact of Lozen and the deliver uh, heart failure study for the impact of Lozen. These are about, I think, about 11 to 12,000 patients, most of the studies. And the benefits are very consistent, very comparative, very comparable. There is a reduction of the end points by about 20%, almost 18% in the in the deliver and the 21% in the imperial reserve. The data are very consistent. Most of the data are, came from reducing the heart failure events in patient with half pet. This is why this medication indication now have been upgraded in, in our Saudi heart failure guidelines, who are the first two. To upgrade the indication of this medication to plus one in early 2023 uh, with the Saudi heart failure guidelines. Uh, I was part of the committee writing these guidelines. And then with the EFP just a few weeks ago, uh, when they published update uh, for the 2021 heart failure guidelines, and they recommended this medication as twin as first line class one indication for half PEF. This is the first time after Lasix, after diuretic. Uh, if the patient is uh, uh, not yet diagnosed and he's uh, maybe high likelihood of having this medication, having half bef, I will simplify the answer. If he's diabetic, he's eligible. Okay. If the patient is diabetic, he's eligible to have this medication as a first line. Means he's diabetic with any even one risk of having uh, half bef, like obese, like AFib, like high BNB, even to milder degree. Then this is the first, uh, you should think first on SGLT2 inhibitor as a first line, even before metformin, even before metformin. Okay. If uh, he's if, um, if, if not diabetic, if he's not diabetic, then you should see how much of the risk, uh, like if the patient just have obesity, atrial fibrillation, but his age is still uh, 40, his BNB is still very low, then you can wait some time. But you screen okay. him yearly by BNB. This kind of patient who are not diabetic and the, the BNB is not high, but they have clinical risk factors like obesity, like uh, like atrial fibrillation, is season here, do BNB every year. This is the best thing to do for him. You will discover is you discover half biff very early and start SGLT2 as early as possible. Uh, once you are sure that we are in the stage of half pef because this is the beauty of this medication, the earlier you start, the benefit uh, on the long run. Okay, and any preferences, Dr. Afatah, for the EMBA versus DEVA? This is a very common question, and the simple answer, I can say no. Both of them are the same. The data in the trials, in the landmark trials, are very consistent, very comparable. Even if you find one study that are defective in DABA, you will find the other study defective in EMBA and so on. So, yani for example, the EMBA study, which was the earliest study, the benefits were more in the favor of EMBA if compared with DABA uh, in the declared study. When it comes to DABA HF and the imperial reduced, you will find the benefit more in terms of cardiovascular deaths with DABA than 
than EMBA. When you do the meta-analysis and you mix all the data together, you will not find the signal of preference at all. They are the same. Okay. But when it comes, for example, to kidney benefit, you will find some preference for EMBA over DABA uh, uh, on the kidney benefits, especially in the emperor, uh, in the emperor reduced study. Uh, 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 when you look to the EMBA kidney and the DABA HF, sorry, the DABA CKD, very comparable, very comparable. The benefits are almost identical, symmetrical. So the population, if, if you find some difference in some studies, look at the population. Most of all, the population will be will be different. So in terms of trials, there is no big differences between the two medications. But in terms of some small studies, like observational studies here, you might see some people, oh, MBA is better than DABA. We don't, we don't consider uh, 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 the, the benefit of EMBA over DABA is the dose also because you have the 25 milligram dose, which is beneficial in patient with, uh, with diabetes, of course, but not for heart failure. Okay, but regarding the urinary tract infection, also there is no difference between the uh, EMBA no and DABA No difference, uh, no difference between all the spite uh, uh, in the EMBA reduced, uh, they stated clearly there was increased incidence of non-significant urinary tract infection over placebo. One, one, okay. one, one step in the conclusion was clear that there was higher incidence of urinary tract infection uh, in the EMPA over placebo, but was not translated to drug discontinuation. This statement was not okay. in the DABA HF study. Okay, uh, and my last question, the, the many physicians are suspicious about the current booming, uh, as uh, we can see in the, especially in the recommendation regarding the prescription of such uh, medication. Do you think uh, there is any uh, conspiracy theory behind this uh, booming effect, especially in this year? This is very, uh, yeah, this is a very good question. If we are going with the conspiracy theory, we will not, we will not use evidence-based medicine at all. So, uh, uh, the biggest achievement, the biggest achievement in heart failure management over the last 30 or 40 years was the uh, clinical trials. Clinical trials is a booming uh, for the treatment of heart failure. All clinical trials, once we started clinical trials with its ACE inhibitor in, uh, in late, late 80s with the consensus and solved it, and then we have this big progress in heart failure management, and this progress has been topped up by this magic medications, this GLT2 inhibitor. It's so impossible to be conspiracy theory with all these benefits in different trial settings and in different patient profile, and with different uh, huge number of institutions all over the world, and huge number of uh, patients, almost more than we are now almost achieving 200,000 patients in clinical trial with this medication. Uh, a huge number of, uh, of trialists and scientists. So uh, uh, co different committees which have no bias. Uh, so it's very difficult to say conspiracy theory about uh, the use of this medication. We are, we are heart failure experts and they are using this medication every day. And we see our patients, of course, this is not uh, it's not the best judgment, but just just an example for for for, for use. Okay, so that's a, an effect that we touch every day during our practice with yeah. our patients. Of course. Okay. Yeah.
اوكي دكتور عبد الفتاح ثانك يو فيري ماتش فور يور تايم بشكر حضرتك شكرا جزيلا ونتمنى يعني نكرر ان شاء الله مع حضرتك نتعلم ونستفيد من حضرتك دايما وبشكر حضرتك شكرا جزيلا على وقتك ولو حضرتك تحب في يعني ان تو مينتس كده لو في مسج صغيره لحد بالنسبه لليوز اوف اس جي ال 2 انهبيتورز ان جنرال يعني نستفيد من حضرتك في اسمول او شورت مسج The best thing, the best thing you serve your patient, heart failure patient or chronic kidney disease patient or diabetic patient, is to be very aware about this medication. You can save lives, okay. you can improve uh, uh, quality of life, you can decrease the uh, uh, coming of the patient to the hospital, so you will enjoy good quality of life by uh, by using these medications in different aspects of benefit, as I said before. So uh, uh, the message: Please be aware by everything about this medication and use them. Don't deprive your patient if they are eligible uh, for use of these medications. As any other heart failure medications in our field of heart failure. Okay. Well, thank you, Dr. Fattah. Thank you very much, and hope uh, we, we will see you soon, inshallah. Shukran, Usama. Shukran, Gazeera. Al-Hadoulou. Kutual fikir. Shukran, Gazeera. Al-Hadoulou. Shukran. Thank you.